We get used to the ordinary to the point that it loses its extraordinary sense. I like the story told about the person who only went to church twice a year, Christmas and Easter. And after a while, quit going altogether. And somebody asked, why did you quit going? And he said, well, whenever I went, all they talked about was Christmas and Easter. <laughs> I'm going to reread the passage that Terry read at the beginning of our worship today. It's from the first Corinthian letter, the third chapter, beginning with the 16th verse. But it's not ordinary language. This, I pray, is for you today. And then we'll read the text again. It's 1 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, verses 19 and 20. For you are God's temple, the Spirit dwelling within you. For God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. From the 6th chapter. Do you not know that you are God's temple, your body, a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which is from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. He ate no bacon. Some of you are old enough, not all, but some of you are old enough to recall a TV show that featured Art Linkletter. And in that show, he would have a series called Kids Say the Darndest Things. He was once interviewing a child, and he asked that young child, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the child said, I want to be a bus driver or a pilot. Mr. Linkletter said, well, imagine that you were a pilot of a big four-engine airplane, and all of a sudden, all four engines quit. What would you say to your passengers? And the child, without blinking an eye, said, our Father, who art in heaven. <laughs> it's interesting to hear children's beliefs. A child said, I believe that I prayed in the beam of a flashlight that was pointed toward heaven. God would hear my prayers faster. I love that, to see the imagination and wonder of a child. Another child said, I believe that lightning was from God's great camera in the sky. And so whenever I saw lightning, I smiled. Isn't that wonderful? Or beliefs, I think, of the child whose mother told him that when the ice cream truck plays music, it means they're out of ice cream. <laughs> that child said later in life, I had a hard time forgiving my mother for that. How do children form their beliefs? Where do they get their understandings of faith? 
how do you come to believe what you believe? And indeed, it's a thought-provoking question to think about yourself, what you, what you really believe about yourself. I've discovered through years of ministry that many people have a rather dismal view of their spiritual life. Many feel they have not, cannot live into God's holy ways. Some feel that their biblical understandings are, again, far from what they should be. I have met those out of church who don't go to church because they think it would be hypocritical to be in church. They're undeserving. If I've heard this phrase once, I've heard it a thousand times as a preacher. Well, preacher, I don't go to church because if I did, the ceiling would probably fall in. In this moment, I pray that Christ will give to us a new understanding of self and how we are to be used for the sake of Christ in the world. This is the last sermon in the series, Get Fit. Pastor Swan has talked about the physical self, taking measurements, has talked about the inner being or spiritual disciplines, and talked about how we cannot do that on our own. We need the encouragement of others. And today's scripture further helps us along to be able to put those, those learnings into play, getting fit. I've heard some ask, why get fit? What incentive is there? I'm comfortable with the person that I am today. But here in the Corinthian passage, it's saying something significant. You are God's temple. Your body is a temple in which the Holy Spirit dwells. And pondering this sermon, I've thought about what a child might think of that, that they are a temple. What is your reflection on that? That you, your body, is a temple where the Spirit dwells. A temple is a holy place set apart for God. And so I wondered, how did Jesus glorify God in his body? Well, Jesus moved. Jesus was a walker. The disciples would get into a town, and they'd get comfortable, and he'd say, we're going on to the next town. And they didn't wait for the next camel caravan to come along to transport them. They walked. If you Google how far Jesus walked in his earthly ministry, you'll get no answer. Nobody sit down to try to figure that out. But I might say it was a long way. Physically, the body was moving. He ate no bacon. Some of you in the room maybe have seen that comedy, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. It's a wonderful film. Eon Miller, well, not really that, Eon Miller, a Presbyterian, was non-Greek. And the woman he fell in love with was Tula, who was Greek Orthodox and was Greek through and through. The family had gathered, and Tula's aunt is talking with Eon Miller, and she learns that he is a vegetarian, 
And with that, she exclaims right out loud, What? You eat no meat? Which got a pretty good laugh uh, at the party after a moment. Think about Mary, the mother of Jesus. She kept a kosher kitchen. Therefore, Jesus ate no bacon. In ministry, in one of our previous communities, a number of occasions I get up early in the morning and go to the hospital and eat breakfast with some of my physician friends. And one of them in particular only would take one piece of bacon and he would take a paper towel and wipe it completely clean from all of that grease and then cut off any fat on the bacon. He ate bacon, but very sparingly. It's interesting to think about the diet of Jesus and how indeed he glorified God in the body. If you were in Jerusalem on an early morning and had breakfast in the old city, you'd have hard-boiled eggs, grains and yogurt, fresh fruit from the nearby kibbutz down the road, juices, and breads, not just any breads, good breads, the best breads in the world. It's interesting how Jesus walked, how he ate, and how he developed that social interaction, being supported and supporting those friends close beside him. I like the writings of Dr. John Killinger, who was the director of preaching at Vanderbilt University. He wrote a new book, and he he titled the book in a very unusual way. He dedicated the book to his Thursday night group. Every Thursday night, he met with a group of persons to talk about scripture and to pray. And in the book, he writes this. For all the members of the Thursday night group who were the body of Christ for me. Do you see it? When he was in their presence, it was like he was in a holy temple experiencing the wonder of God with him. Think of it in this way. You may be the only temple some people experience. In our culture today, there are so many who never have been in a church, never been in a temple. But when they're with you, they sense a part of the sacred. With you, you're not a holier-than-thou spirit, but just the complete opposite. You're underneath them as if to give them a footing when they cannot find the possibility of taking the very next step. They sense a mystery when they're with you. It's almost as if God was with them when they're with you. Oh, there may be most in the room who think, oh, that's not the case with me. You might defer to the likes of a Billy Graham, for when he would be standing to preach before 40,000 in a great stadium in America, there was a transcendent mystery as if Jesus came and stood front and center. But not with you. Or think of one dying in the arms of Mother Teresa. They were in a temple as they passed from this life into the next. But surely not you. But the scripture speaks truth. You are God's temple. 
What does a temple look like to a child? What does a temple look like to a child who is now a ward of the court, taken because of the dysfunction of that family? And they receive a foster family. And that foster family is in this church. And the very first Sunday, the child is in that new home. They get up early and they eat those hard-boiled eggs and grain and yogurt. And they find their way to this temple. And that child walks into a Sunday school classroom. And the lights are on and there's a presence in the room. That person is kind and accepting and reassuring for this is the first time they've ever been in a setting like this. And that little child begins to sense something of the mystery that there's more to life than what I see because I see it in my Sunday school teacher. I think that some little children must think that their Sunday school teachers live here at Salem. <laughs> for whenever they come, they're always here and the lights are on and their arms are open. What does the temple look like to a couple who is in the midnight of their marriage? Amid anger and disappointment, they both agree they're going to give church a try. And they stumble into this place. Is it the architecture that will speak to them? Perhaps. The strings and the voices? Surely. But I wonder during the greeting time, as they stand here as persons in a strange place, that a woman gets up down the pew and comes down and expresses interest, learns their first name, and shares her first name. And then before leaving, she says, may the Lord's blessings be with you today. I wonder how they left church, stumbling out in a sense of wonder that in that stranger's greeting, they felt that they were not alone that indeed they were in the temple and that through the hospitality of Christ, their darkened world was touched. Let me suggest this notion that as we circle around the thought that you, you are God's temple, that you cannot build this temple. You do not have what it takes. Jesus said, I will send the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit doesn't impose upon you building where the Spirit is not welcome. The Holy Spirit will not build the temple without a building permit. And you're the one that's got to post that. In fact, I would say that maybe the most important thing of getting fit spiritually is to do something that most don't do anymore. And that's to get on your knees and to humbly maybe look through the beam of a flashlight toward heaven and say, Lord, here I am. Use me. The gospel tells us that on that first Christmas, the Holy Family found no room in the inn. Oh, may it not be this morning, as somehow you come to see that your life is a place where the sacred seeks to dwell. A place where through you as a temple, light will flood into an otherwise darkened world. 
There are some people today who wait for the government to take care of all of the issues of our world. Not so. God's plan sets before me. You are God's temple. It really is an awesome discovery to recognize that as you make yourself available, that the Holy Spirit joins your mind. In Philippians 2, it says, put on the mind of Christ. When you make that self, that space available, when you tear down the existing structures that take up time, your agendas, your busyness, and you let God work in your life, suddenly your mind is available where God can come in and work through you. You begin to see things that heretofore were invisible. Instead of seeing closed doors, you see open doors. Instead of seeing impossible circumstances, you see new opportunities. It's an amazing thing. It was once said that Christianity consists of doing things that are unlikely done any place else in the world. It's true, and those are to be done through you. Art Linkletter asked, when you grow up, what do you want to be? Wouldn't it be something for a child to say, I want to be a temple? I close with this. Marsha, my life partner, and I go on walks every morning, early just as the sun is beginning to rise. We walk by a neighbor's house, and that neighbor is in her late 90s. We always pick up the paper and put it in the front door. On that particular morning, the garage door was open, and her car was gone. I thought, well, maybe she's gone to Snooks. Just down the road, she, she still bakes the most delicious cookies you've ever tasted. And so we walked on. But on our return, Marcia felt a nudge. And Marcia walked through the garage to the door and knocked. There was no answer. And she opened the door, and as soon as Marcia opened the door, she heard the voice, help me. The previous night, she had fallen down the concrete stairs all the way to the basement landing. Fractured ribs, lacerations on the arms and hand, broken vertebra in the neck, could not move. Soon, the emergency personnel were there, and they whisked her off into the arms of nurses and doctors. It's taken a long time in the recovery, but she's recovering. I asked, was that a coincidence? Or was it the movement of the Holy Spirit nudging? You need to stop and to realize that you are a temple of the Spirit of God dwelling within you. And by stopping, you will become aware of the mind of Christ within your mind. And that is where light begins to flood into this world today. Hear the cries of the disillusioned and the lonely. Begin to see those who are overwhelmed by the dark, feeling the light will never come to them. 
through you, a closed door, you knock and open that door. For he said, Behold, I knock, open unto him. You are a temple of the holy. Let us pray. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Drink in the mystery of this truth of biblical hope that you are God's temple. Oh, God, create within us as we prepare to leave this place a new heart, seeing the possibilities that our lives can matter more than we ever thought possible. Use each individual in this place to share your love and to share the hope that is only rooted in faith in Jesus the Christ. And finally, if there's anyone in this room who's never been baptized, who has never publicly said yes to Christ, may you feel the nudge in your heart this moment that after the service you might speak to one of the pastors or call the church this week and speak with one of them and to say, I do not know what follows, but I, I know that I want to be a part of what I've heard, this news that my life matters. Oh, Lord, bless these, your people, and send them forth that your light may shine. For we ask this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What a friend we have in Jesus. I invite you to stand as we sing the faith together.